0: So you have a tendency and your love overlanding You have plans to do it big on the trace and some super glamping One idea, steep news and reviews, a podcast the first rate and here just for you You don't have to think about it, join us and be
1: about it Something interesting we want to hear about it, come on let's talk about it Welcome to Waypoint Overland's Random Waypoints Podcast.
2: Sponsored by Midland. Communication for every adventure. The industry leader in radio communication technology and innovation for over 50 years. Sponsored by MyMedic. Sponsored by Tembo Tusk. Sponsored by Shower Pouch. Sponsored by DeMoss Collective. Mission built and made for mobility. Sponsored by Brewtrack. Sponsored by Hard Impact Designs. Always remember, the opinion you follow should be your own. Just consider the things stated here to be a second opinion from a
1: complete stranger online.
2: Hi, I'm Phil from Waypoint Overland, and here's my co-host Michael Land from Drive the Globe. And welcome to Random Waypoints. All right, so here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Random Waypoints podcast. Soon as I get home, we'll be doing an episode every week. We took a little hiatus for Alaska, so I apologize for that. But rest assured, we'll go back to our regular programming. Today, we have very special guest Alex and Vince from Way Out. And they are a vendor who has come out with something very interesting that we'd like to talk about. And they're also very interesting to talk about. Hey, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. So I usually moderate these things, but I'm going to throw it off onto to Mike oh, to ask most of the questions because he really knows you guys.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a long story. Vincent and I met originally when
3: vermont overland rally yeah. which was probably 10 years ago yeah, or a so. long
1: time ago and uh over the years we've seen each other at uh different overland expos and different events and i've got to see his different rigs because he's you've got a bunch of different vehicles i think you've
3: seen them all actually
1: probably i think i may have seen them all and uh, we are sitting here in uh, Hendersonville, North Carolina, at the Gathering. So I guess, I guess what I want to ask first, we'll get to all that stuff a little bit after, but how do you guys feel about the event that we're at now? Because it's so different than a lot of the ones that we've been to uh, over the years. Oh, yes. So both, very, uh, very both different. You guys, what's your thoughts on the Gathering?
3: Well, after the Overland Expo last weekend, I uh, did not know this event at all. And when you invited me and told me what it was about and the mission of the um, of the event, I could not not come here. So change all plans to uh, come and discover something, a new community that I've been enjoying very, very much over this weekend.
0: Yeah, that was really awesome to discover something totally new for me has never got the chance to did it before that was really amazing
1: as canadians so in case you couldn't tell by the accent these guys are from uh montreal montreal, montreal. yep and uh so as canadians give us your perspective on this this american we've talked about this off camera so Tell yeah. us what your feelings are on this whole thing coming down here.
3: Well, for those who don't already know, seen the previous episode, the uh, mission of the gathering is to um, get people from the Afro American community out camping and doing outdoor stuff. So, um, for me as a Canadian, I've traveled a lot through the US, but I never had the chance to be in any way in contact with. This huge and very important part of the U.S. culture, um, because it's I'm mostly here for camping and traveling and events, and the, the Black community just isn't very present in that world, which to me makes not not much sense. So it's a, commu- a whole part of the U.S. I really did not know about. Like I read about it, I know it exists, and but never been in close contact and uh, enjoying beer with around the campfire with someone of a culture that is something I don't know about. So I was really glad to come down here and meet a whole bunch of new people and just be in contact with something new because I like being challenged and chained, open mind to meet new ways of seeing the world.
2: Did they treat you at least okay?
3: oh yeah i could have been better
0: (laughs) i had a great
3: great time doing this yeah Yeah, that was
0: amazing singing dancing and spending time with all this community was something really awesome and looking forward to do it again Oh
3: yeah, definitely. I'm going to put that on my schedule for next year. Oh, yeah. That's for sure.
1: Uh, I mean, let me ask be. you this question, guys, because uh, this is sort of a uh, maybe it's a naive question, but like, is it is it somehow different in Canada though? Because we talked about the uh, you know like the African American yeah. community not camping and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it's a similar in Canada, right?
3: It's hard to say, um, but I think you're right. Um, well, the, the community in in uh, Quebec, at least, uh, very large part of the uh, black community is from uh, 80. And um, so the history is very different. Because uh, of the
1: language. Because,
3: because of the first, language first, and yeah. um, um, the community. But, but I'm pretty sure it's very similar where uh, a lot of uh, folks won't go out camping and things like that. I mean, in Quebec we have a whole lot of like campgrounds and RV parks and stuff like that, but if you go there it, it will always be very very white. Right. Right. So it's I don't think it's there's a huge amount of people proportionally um between the community like the the the, the Quebec origin people will um We'll go out camping and do stuff like this a whole lot more than other communities, for sure.
2: Oh, I was letting you rip, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <after laughs> Bill, Bill's never been this
1: quiet this long. So yeah. Seven, I'm looking uh,
2: at Bill. So, um, add to the. I mean, the,
1: a, as Vincent said, we, we we had a pretty good um, uh, band and and some oh, uh, yeah. party yeah, in last night. So. Yeah, the done, dancing and all. This is just something
3: tired. you don't see at like overland expo it's there is a sense of community here plus what i found is that there's a whole lot of people that are doing this and it's very recent in their lives and they not most of the people here at the event have not been doing this for 10 years and A lot of them have told me, like, this is my first time camping out in the tent in my entire life. And they look so happy doing so. The smile on their face. Totally. Dancing around the campfire last night. Like, usually Overland Expo, people are standing around the campfire, but they won't be dancing and enjoying themselves and doing line dances and things like that. I don't think I've ever seen people do line dances (laughs) (laughs) in my
1: life. I mean... So, I think that's that's actually the highlight, I would say, that I've had over this weekend is just seeing a bunch of people having a, having a blast on such an informal level because oftentimes oh, yeah. many of these events that we go to are, you know, very structured. And this has just been super chill and uh, able to, which is great after, uh, you know, obviously doing last weekend. This is, uh, you know, very relaxing. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed yeah, it totally. very, very much. And hanging around with, like you said, newbies um, that don't have any preconceived ideas about, you know, what's right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, yeah. about about the, quote, overlanding world is is refreshing, yeah. I guess. What
3: I way. also noticed that um, a lot of the people don't have, like, fixed ideas. They're new to this. They're trying to figure out. And... A lot of them have very out-of-the-box ideas um, i was speaking to someone who was saying that um, she was using because of the cold she was using the um, blankets like moving blankets that they use to move people because they're very sturdy they're tick uh, you can beat them up and they'll take it and it's very warm i was like This is a great idea it's way cheaper than one of these super expensive blanket or whatever that you have the tag overland on (laughs) like overland blanket well she got a moving blanket and it works just as great so i I find these type of ideas think outside the box which i really like yeah i'm all for do it yourself also we see a lot of this here and lots of people have very good questions and seem to be uh, focusing on the right question. Uh, I mean, I was really impressed by the, the the level of people at that preparing, getting prepared for, for this and learning new stuff. It uh, changed my perception quite a lot.
2: So you guys wanted me to talk. I was enjoying hearing a bunch of white guys talk about their new black experience. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, just to give a, a different perspective on what the question that you asked them about um, the, the hesitancy to camp. Um, once you cross the border, the majority of black people that you're encountering are like you said from Haiti or they're probably from Africa or something yeah. like that. So there's no correlation between uh, slavery yeah. uh that has a primary yeah. reason why we don't camp we were hunted in the woods yeah yeah of course and there is a fear to this day from uh people partially for a good reason and yeah. partially it's just we have that history and it's still in our mind yeah cuz obviously I'm black i camp like crazy so i've over- and i've overcome a fear that i had So that that's what you're seeing. Yeah. It um there's far more people that have a desire, it's a natural desire to want to go outside. So the desire is there. It's a fear. Yeah. Uh that stops people uh, from and it it correlates with the police department in America. It police were originally created to catch the slaves that tried to get away. Yeah. And they were often caught in the forest, in the woods. Oh yeah. Where we were trying to hide good place to hide indeed so it also brings back memories yeah so
3: and it's not ancient history at all that's right it's recent history and the effects are still present on the the generation of today
2: so what you're seeing is this was an opportunity where people could stick their toe in the water yeah and they felt completely safe yeah. That's why the this particular event they reiterate over and over again, this is a safe place.
3: Right. Yeah. Totally. That's what I was feeling also. Right. Like people are feeling good and at ease. And to me it's it's a world I do not know. Um I mean I've read about it. I I'm I'm a fan of history and um, social uh questions and things like that so it's all part of the us that i was aware of without ever being in contact with i mean i've been to cities and things like that but it, you don't get a feel until you meet the people per se um so it was a very good experience for me because i i like to know stuff and i like to meet be- new people and be in contact and be in my assumptions like we I had a visitor um, yesterday, I believe, of this um, old lady came in. Uh, she was maybe in her 60s or 70s, I'm not sure, wearing um, a, a clothing garb, like obviously Muslim and walking slowly with a cane. And she came up to Mike's truck saying like, oh, you're Mike. I follow you on Instagram. I love your truck. And I visited. I was like floored. It's if you put a thousand people in front of me and you ask me who is the least likely to know Mike, that's the person I would have picked. So that floored me like totally like there's a whole bunch of people out there that are interested in this and you would not expect it. And you would not expect it. And that challenged me in my assumption and saying, like, really, you really should rethink a lot of the assumptions you do in life, because people don't are not always what they seem in either correct. way. Mm-hmm. So totally. it was that made me happy to see that woman enjoying looking yeah, at it's this breaking truck.
1: down borders it's breaking down yes. preconceived ideas it's breaking down like yes. stereotypes that yeah you wouldn't and i and I, and, I, and I, to be honest i felt the same way i was like wow i i <laughs> this I, woman follows me i would never have called that
3: <laughs> i was, mean uh, to me it was just completely yeah. awesome i yeah. love it it challenged me and the way i see the world and i like my world to be challenged right so In just
2: some name. information for the audience you are you guys are not the only white people at this event no. that's right <laughs> there are quite a few <laughs> proliferated through here so everybody's welcome that's actually what it was all about oh yeah
3: right totally i mean i felt as a minority like i'm I'm not used to being the, the visible minority in the place, welcome but I, to I felt club. totally comfortable uh, at it, because everybody was friendly and I never ever felt like I didn't I wasn't welcome or whatever. Everyone was really happy. At first, when I got here, I was kind of worried, wasn't too sure, and um, trying to I, like, you have to watch every word you say, and like,, um, uh, uh, do, do I use the word "black?" Afro-American i like, I don't want to step on any toes. I don't want to offend anyone. And I'm just not used to the vocabulary. So
2: let me address that. And then we're going to shift gears, okay? Yeah. Um, I study history. And I think there's a fear factor on white people's side that we will follow history where when a culture has been done wrong, they seek retribution. Yeah. Well, most African-American people, we just feel like, We have made a considerable contribution to the foundation of this country and that we just want our piece of the pie, which includes being just as free Mm -hmm. as you, having just as much opportunity as you and to feel safe. Yeah. yeah, Mm -hmm. So we there's no retribution or hate in our hearts. We just want to be part.
3: Yeah, that makes complete sense. And that's what I, out of a feeling, um, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Nakoda? Yes. Nakoda um, was saying like they want to take back this space,
1: the, the outdoor space, and be part of it like mm-hmm. everybody else. And which, particularly in America, the outdoor space is, is enormous, right? So, <laughs> and it's for all of the people. Of America, you know, and that's the whole thing. And as you travel around the states, you see, like, you know, our land. I mean, that's a big thing about Americans in general of is the land. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You know, the, the 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 country. So everybody obviously should equally share in that. Yeah, which, benefit. Exactly. I love the U.S. for
3: that. I travel. I've traveled quite a bit uh, in the U.S. I've been to many states, uh, visiting um, many places to meet. And it's a huge country with a whole bunch of different cultures. I mean, from New York to Portland to
1: Arco, Idaho, they're completely different worlds. Let's talk about that for a second. I don't know where you're going, Phil, but, like, uh, Alex, Yep. I know you are back and forth or have been back and forth between Europe and, and Canada, too, you right? You are France. right. So tell us about that. like.
0: Well, um, I moved to France a couple of years ago, and then there was a almost a month ago, Vince called me for for projects. Then I came back to Montreal. Um, so I've been living in France for like three years and I've traveled quite a lot cause there was the big COVID thing, but I did many countries um, kind of Uh, not a way of overlanding in europe because it's not the same thing as in america obviously
1: what's the difference well how do you feel what what do you feel like the difference is
0: it's in my opinion it was more about vanning stuff than overland because i mean you basically travel from cities to cities there's not much that has been unexplored at all it's Probably
3: none, actually. Yeah, probably none.
0: (laughs) But it's different. You're not traveling for the same reason at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's
3: more boondocking and visiting cities and in between history.
1: Totally,
0: it's
3: more about. Uh, I equate
1: Europe more similar to like the East Coast of the United States. Yeah. Like there, there are very similarities there, and there's like yeah, Europe is for me, anyways. going, Going around is is a a historical tour because there's it goes way back oh yeah it's much older right oh yeah what's the saying um
3: european thinks that a thousand mile is far and americans think that a thousand year is old is is (laughs) old (laughs) or something like that yeah Yeah. 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 i think it's a hundred years old actually it's old like
1: Especially if you're in California.
3: (laughs) I mean, I remember being in uh, in Edinburgh, and there was a McDonald on a building that had a plaque that the building had been built in the 1200s yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a mcdonald's yeah. like no historic protection no, whatsoever no. like yeah i stayed at a
1: hotel somewhere in england i think at one point it was like 1100 something and, you know oh, yeah. it was like i remember going out having a couple beers and coming back and boy you couldn't even walk through the hallways it was it was so tilted and <laughs> you know in your head on the five foot ceiling yeah, yeah very different thing yeah, that's for sure <laughs> so to to you guys uh we're going to get to uh your your company that you've started uh way out box but i want to i I want everybody to understand like how did you get into the overland world and like what 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 has gotten you guys uh here obviously it's your travel so yeah vincent also talk about where you've gone and what you've done
3: at uh the age of uh 35 um my life changed quite a bit um, through my father's uh, passing um, at a car accident and uh, from there challenged uh, what I was doing in life and why and I needed a sense of adventure, of adventures I was doing back when I was a kid. I was very outdoor person when I was a kid and um, I would canoe camp and spend all my summers um, and um, um, uh, campgrounds and things like that and I became very sedentary mm. and worked behind the computer all my hobbies being at the computer till I was about 35 and then took a trip in Jamaica and had a um, a tour uh, with a like a six-wheel drive old military troop transport kind of thing and I had a blast and came back home and. Just decided i needed to put adventure back into my life mm-hmm. and that led me to start doing four-wheeling locally until the day that i stumble upon a word that wasn't yet still everywhere which was overland and as soon as i stumble onto that word i knew instantly like this is what i want to do i, I want to see things i don't just want to go over rocks and mud piles or mud holes like i want to see the world and so it challenged it pushed me into um just starting from ground up knowing not much like most of the folks here at at the 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 gathering and uh started building uh my few i decided i would be leaving on the first of may of that year for the southwest for a four-month trip I built out a whole camping setup, and I uh, just left for a couple of months. And, and what was, was that?
1: What was that vehicle?
3: It was a Ford Raptor with a uh, trailer in the back of a company I believe does not exist anymore. It was um, what was the name? Kempa. And um, so I traveled with this for a while, and then started building stuff. I started really enjoying building stuff so I became my passion to research everything about how you build vehicles of different type of vehicles and why do you use a trailer why do you use a big rig and why do you use a van and how do you insulate them power them uh, plumb them and You know what type of gear to use and why and what does it matter and suspension and you go all out to go across um, big obstacle or do you want reliability and i've spent the last 10 years of my life studying vehicles expedition type vehicles and why and what's good with them which slowly building different type of setup i've had a ford raptor and a trailer and then i Took the, the back of the, the pickup and replaced it by a unit, an aluminum unit with roll up doors that I self built and got rid of the trailer. Then I built a Mitsubishi Delica. I've had a Penz Gower. I've had a uh, Mitsubishi Fuso camper that I fully built. Um, and so that slowly led me to acquire a lot more skills and to finally reach the point where i felt confident that i could professionally start building vehicles and add this idea of the way out camper um, and so i've worked tirelessly since uh, for during covid and uh, throughout more seriously since may to get to the overland expo last weekend and the, uh, the company was basically officially launched uh, last Friday at the Overland Expo, and I'm pretty happy because it's a pretty good response. So, how
1: did and Alex? How did you guys? How did you guys know each other originally?
0: Oh, um, I think that was by my father. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, almost ten year ago, I think that was 2016. Uh, it's been a
3: while. Yeah. Um, um, Guillaume, who is uh, his father, um, is one of my friends that uh, my, uh, one of my friend calls my alley friends because I've met <laughs> a number of people in the alley behind my house. They just <laughs> go by, come by and we start talking about trucks and they end up being yeah, good bro. friends. So those are my alley friends. I'm trying to figure out this call. connection here. Yeah, and <laughs> so uh, Alex is the son of uh, my friend Guillaume and he's a very skilled guy. So when uh, it became harder. Uh, and I had issues and troubles building the company. I basically called him up to the rescue and he came to rescue me.
0: Directly from France. uh, Directly (laughs) from France. Directly from
3: France at great cost (laughs) to him also. And um, I mean, he's all in now, I'm pretty
2: sure.
0: Yep.
3: And so
2: let's not gloss over that highly skilled thing let's cover that yeah share his resume real quick or alex you can share it yourself if you like
0: so uh first uh, i'm gonna cover real quickly about the overlanding stuff so my father uh, is french and it all begin with he with him basically at the age of 20 he and his father just uh, put a rooftop tent on an old Citroën, and they went across the Sahara, basically, from France. They did it back and forth. What year was that? Oh, that was uh, in 76, I think. <laughs> back when it was,
2: it was An adventure. Real. It was real, right. it was serious it was an adventure. And my
0: father <laughs> kept this rooftop tent he, when he came to Canada he bring it with him, and at the age of 12, we basically put that old rooftop tent on top of a Chevy, and we went exploring the Quebec, and that's how it began for me. So as I was a kid, I was driving around in the Canada, and just exploring stuff. Then I got my driving license, and I basically bought a ladder. Uh, actually, I bought couple of them to be able to have one (laughs) in in a good shape yeah really and i slowly evolved to something that was more um practical let's say (laughs) and yeah that's kind of it i didn't know
1: about those lattice
0: oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i guess those are going to
3: teach you how to be a mechanic Uh, really make
1: a land rover seem good i think (laughs) oh Oh, my god yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so and then and then your work experience after that because you've done some fascinating work stuff too
0: yeah well i'm a car mechanic so i began at montreal and then i switched to to france so i have a pretty large experience about it i've done some luxury car i've done some electric cars uh, and i mean i even work in a scrapyard during COVID, because uh, it was a hard time, and <laughs> that's yeah, to me that's, also. <laughs> that's a that's a large large experience in all this mechanic stuff. Yeah, Alex is being humble here. Um, true yeah, it is. Come
3: on. Uh, just, um, this uh, is a
1: podcast. But, we say everything. yeah, you go. Come
3: on. Yesterday evening, we walk up to uh, a food truck that's here at the event. <laughs> that's the oh hood was open. <laughs> Alex looked over and under the hood. Within about five seconds, he identified a mechanical issue just by looking at it. And he he just got a knack for this. He was going to pinpoint the problem even the owner of the truck did not know about it, it was like oh thanks that's why i'm having issues <laughs> like it took him seconds to to spot it he, so he's being on thank you here. vince thank you when i say he's got great skill he, he impresses me frequently uh with his mechanical
1: skills so so let's talk about way out box yeah and maybe we'll even be able to give you guys a little bit of you know, show it scenery off scenery of it here but, yeah, yeah. Um, so you basically i'm going to give you what i think it is and you t- correct me yeah but to me they've, they've built this platform that goes on the back of a truck on a flatbed yep and it's uh you sleep inside of it and it has all your storage and everything uh next to it right so tell us about the concept you know what what makes it different uh, and what what are the cool features? Because they're they're really cool.
2: So first people who are listening to this as as an audio only, um, if you're very, if you're interested in seeing the vehicle, go over to the YouTube channel and hopefully I will have added some b-roll of the vehicles while we're talking.
1: Yep. Or go to wayoutbox
3: uh, dot com. com well. yeah. Wayoutbox.com. So. Instagram, way wayoutbox also, and Facebook is just way out i think so tell
1: us about the platform
0: so basically we call it a teardrop trailer that sits on a flatbed so the main concept is that instead of pulling the trailer you just carry it so it leaves you room to bring a trailer if you want to carry kind of a motorcycle or anything and it's not dedicated to camping you can still remove the box and use the flatbed as you would use a pickup truck
3: yeah you remove the camping unit just as you would a slide-in camper on a regular pickup box Um, but instead of having that pickup box that's the American concept of uh, pickup box I never really understood because the first thing you do in your experience with a, with a pickup box is you lower the tailgate and get yourself two feet away from whatever you're trying to get. Right. While the concept of a uh, flat deck or, or flatbed has been extremely present for a number of years in Australia yeah. and Africa yeah. uh, because they're way more practical. It right. well, the- keeps
1: it a little bit lower. Yeah, and don't have the walls for the pickup truck that yeah. are in the way of everything.
3: Well, you can still have walls that are like full down. So yeah. you can still have a box that's closed. And um, so it allows for a small, nimble camper. It's very lightweight um, and you can put it on, remove it. And we also offer, uh, or will be soon offering a toolbox so you can have a full system where mm. you have a camper, you have a toolbox, you have a flatbed. And so Friday, you can take off the toolbox, put in the camper, mm. or you can go to the job site, drop the uh, toolbox, go pick up some plywood with your flatbed, come back and put the, the uh, toolbox back on.
1: Right,
0: Really versatile.
3: Yeah, it offers, it's no. like having three <laughs> trucks
1: in one. And these are made, uh, you fa- you're fabricating them, these are aluminum base?
3: Um, yes and no, it's an exoskeleton that's aluminum, uh, but the uh, panels is a aluminum composite panel. Okay. So the, it's much lighter um, yeah, than, than aluminum. That allows us to, to make a camper that when it's uh, dry without the storage units, uh, it's around 350 to 400 pounds um and fully equipped it can go maybe up to i haven't weighted it with all the equipment but it's somewhere around seven uh 700 pounds and we're talking like 26 gallon of water yeah, and yeah. 400 amps of lithium batteries in, in yeah, inverter for a full setup on a full, the full size full setup with a big fridge and all so a lot of gear everything you would see in a fully equipped slide-on camper or or really well equipped trailer but all in a very small package that barely affects the, the, um, the capabilities the off-road capabilities of, of the truck or gas mileage
1: so yep. now for uh, people out there um, what vehicles are we talking about that these would go on
0: they go on pretty almost every pickup since you have a frame and it's not a unibody basically you just have to remove the box behind the cab and it's available in three different sizes. So it can fit on small pickup as the Frontier, Tacoma, Ranger, or the biggest one can go on the full-size pickup trucks. So it all depends on the one you have.
1: I I, I guess that's what I'm getting to. To me, it seems like an advantage because um, a lot of competition out there is vehicle dependent, right? So they have to make a a certain box to fit uh you know a certain truck but when you're working with just a flatbed it doesn't make any difference it doesn't
3: make sense it doesn't make
1: any difference to us what what pickup
3: it's not specific but you could even take the eight foot box and install it on a six and a half uh uh box pickup you'd be (laughs) extending but the flatbed sits relatively high so yeah it's gonna mess up a bit with your departure angle but it's not like the truck can't do it right totally so if you ever have too much mileage on your truck, crash the truck, God forbid, uh, you can easily swap it. Or even if you, you when you do the setup, you keep the original box, by the time you want to change pickup, you can just put Swept your box back in, right. sell it and keep your old setup. It takes about maybe half a day to, to Hmm. swap the, the the unit from one truck to the other yeah and it doesn't even have to be the same brand you can take it from a ford and
1: put it on a ram it doesn't right. really matter totally right. 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 yeah i mean that that to me is what it, it seems like it's a very flexible option yeah um what what you guys are going to offer it with a multitude of different options is there a base and then there's going to be yeah add-ons from there how's that going to work
3: so the base model is it, it comes with the sleeper, um, uh, the sleeper is either 48 inches wide or 60 inches wide, okay. um, depending on your need. And um, basically the rest of the space is used for cargo. So depending on the size of the, 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 the unit you take and the size of the bed, you'll have plus or less cargo space. And we can deliver it uh, with an empty cargo. Um, and so the, we only um, uh, will install the frame for the cargo mm-hmm. and it's a simple well-known t-slot system type of extrusion and we uh, can offer all the technical advice resources website where you can uh, get all the parts for t-slot and uh, make your own cargo because Figured out over time that there's no way you can make perfect cargo right. that will fit everyone's need. Right. And everyone's need over time. So you get a new piece of gear, it might not it no changes. longer fit <laughs> in your vehicle. Yeah, right. With the T-slot type of system, you can easily um, uh, change it to, to your delay like A lot of people know the T-slot system to uh, the main website that does it, which is 8020.net um it's a great versatile lightweight system and relatively cheap of what it what, what it offers so uh that would be the basic model um right now we price it at uh twenty-five thousand uh for the base model um and uh it can well with all the option you you could double that right uh, because now when we say this,
1: options are, are you guys going to outfit stuff with the electronics and the water and the refrigerator kind of systems or, or on the base w- system
3: on the base system there's no electrics right but i'm saying
1: with yeah. options oh yeah
3: definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. we can. can like the the, the two uh, demo truck we have uh one as just a echo flow Uh, power pack, portable power pack, which works well because that one only has one fridge and LED lights and that's the only electrics in it. So uh, the power pack works well. And the other, the F-250 model, um, it's got a full on like water eater, water pumps and much more lights and uh, inverter so that you can have like a regular, a um, uh, Nespresso uh, coffee machine.
1: And Starlink, yeah. Nespresso and Starlink, very important. Oh yeah,
3: Starlink, definitely. That's <laughs> yeah. my next upgrade on that <laughs> truck. As Starlink will go on. So this one has like 400 amps of, of yeah. uh, lithium batteries. It's got 480 Watts of solar panel. It's basically, you can't kill the electrics on yeah. that truck. So we, we offer those options too. Um, yeah. And we can also on the bigger version install those systems and still leave the cargo uh, up to the customer or make shelving and include the boxes and things like that we're trying to be as versatile as possible the other customization you can do a lot is on how it looks Um, the material that we use is uh, can be left as is and white uh, but can also be painted color matched to the vehicle it can be wrapped it can be veneered with true wood and do, all those options are available to the customer. For us, it doesn't really change much the, right. the way they are. So, we, any surface could be any color you want. Up to uh, wrap can be printed. So, right. sky's the limit on mm. on what what you you want. I mean, you want your dogs with wings <laughs> flying over the Himalaya in eight feet by four feet? We can do it. No problem. Well, mine would probably need to be orange. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, but well, the roof of the F two hundred and fifty is orange. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so uh, have you started working on the next one? Or are you still focused on this very first one?
3: Oh, there's already. I mean, uh, those are demos. So mm-hmm. I often joke saying these are the two worst units I'll ever build because yeah. mm-hmm. that's the truth. Um, so yeah, the, the, the next phase of design is building our own flatbed. These ones are bought. So the box was kind of had to be adapted to the flatbed, but I want to do
1: the reverse. So, I obviously have had the benefit of looking at this. So, explain to them out there what that means. Because, essentially, in layman's terms, the way I look at it is you're building a box that goes into a uh, a flatbed receiver, kind of, right? Yes, yep,
3: exactly. So, the, the flatbed that we use is good, but we had to adapt to it and not have. So it's not a full system as it is without the flatbed. The flatbed is already designed, it's on paper, it's just before the Overland Expo, I ran out of time. So So
1: ultimately you're gonna build your own platform.
3: Yes, the full system will be built in-house by us. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, So the idea is to have a flatbed that's way easier to install on so that you can, my goal is that it takes less than 10 minutes to take it off or put it back on. And very little trouble. And to your do Your mounting so.
1: points are going to be at the corners, the four corners, exactly, exactly. Rather than so, there's nothing to line up. Yes, when you totally. Drop it on.
3: I want to. Uh, the system is something that will you, you can only push it because it's so lightweight. You, yeah. It's not like those big 900 pounds and 1600 pound uh, slide in campers.
1: So, so as a as a person, how would I get it on and off the truck? Like explain that
0: you on yeah. the let's say on the one right in front of you you basically have to remove those four tie downs uh, at each corner
1: yeah you put the jacks and when you say jacks you're talking about like uh camper jacks, like kind of we are
0: still looking for the perfect jack because yeah. those camper jack are usually made out of steel and are really heavy, heavy for yeah. kind of nothing because they're basically made to support some bucks which are way heavier than ours. Yep. Not um, only that,
3: but uh, slide-in campers, usually um, the um, legs that, are, uh, that, that they use, the jack they use uh, as a super very long travel yep. because they want to get them to, down to the ground. Mm. Mm. Our unit being only 48 inches high, if you get it down to the ground, you'll have to get on your knees to go in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, we only need about uh, eight to 12 inches of travel so the we make like aluminum legs with electric actuators that don't have to go so they can be way lighter to yeah. carry around also
0: yeah and so the goal here is as Vince was uh, talking about to be able to remove the bucks in less than 10 minutes so since the tie downs are removed and the jack install there's no really connection between the trucks and the, and the camper box so you just raise the box and you can remove the truck from under it right you right, have one right.
3: electric connector to yeah. undo yeah um yeah. Th- th- that and it's the power uh to use the alternator to recharge yeah. the electric system right so, so it's pretty quick to take even as is without the the next generation system, it's pretty quick to take out.
1: So so here's the big question. We're sitting here October, 2022. Yeah. If I want to buy one of these, when uh, when, when are the first ones coming out? When when can I get them in my hands?
3: Uh, About three months um, because we're still starting. So we don't know how many we will have to build and uh, we need to order some parts and things like that. So the lead way for the first unit to come out of our shop, it would be approximately in February. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we're gearing okay. up to uh, build around, I- I've planned it out so that we-, we will limit ourselves to 24 units. I don't want to get slammed and I don't want to make promises that I won't be delivering. Um, I know that has happened in, in the past and certain companies have taken uh, money from people as uh, cash downs and failed to deliver and mm-hmm. some cans I've heard things, We don't stories, want to be in
0: this position. Yeah, of people who,
3: who got their uh, pre-order canceled and told, well, if you want to keep your build slot, you'll have to pay us 10,000 more or something like that. I don't want to be doing this. Right, right,
2: right. So, Tell us about your your warranty or wh- what guarantees you have on the vehicle
3: um, i uh, there is the uh, warranty well, I trust the product completely so uh, twelve month definitely um, on any parts of the uh, of the vehicle um, the way it's built it, it's a lot of it, a lot of effort has been put into Making sure that everything is solid. My experience is a lot of off roading and I like driving fast. Uh, that's why I had a Raptor before. So everything has been taught so that it can take the flex. Um, I've worked with a number of companies uh, to select the materials, to select all the adhesive. A lot of research and development went into this. So definitely, I'll. I'll stand behind my product fully, uh, basically forever, because that's just who I am. So if something fails down the road, I'll definitely, it's my full intention to be there and support and fix any issue that can show up, definitely.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome.
3: I'm all about, I've worked my entire life before that in customer service, Mm-hmm. So, to me, it's extremely important that the company supports fully their product and get behind it. It's it's not just a question of, oh, your warranty is expired. I mean, I'm going to be out there helping people if something goes wrong,
2: regardless. Absolutely awesome. And
1: you mentioned, and, I, and looking at them, uh, that they're rugged, they're built rugged for off-road use. And I could just, simply by taking a glance, I can... The, the, what's nice about the unit is it keeps your total height on the vehicle fairly low yes um there isn't a big overhang i'm seeing that from a departure angle standpoint yeah um they're you know they're not they're, they're unlike what i would tell you that i see anyways with a, with a i call it the american style drop-in camper mm-hmm. they're they look like they're um i don't know like pregnant whales sort of you know what i mean yeah. Like, they're, they're wide, they're overhang <laughs> yeah yeah you know what i mean heavy looking oh yeah i mean these this looks nimble to me yeah
3: well it, it was born actually the idea came about um during a trip when one of my uh good friend out in colorado who owns um a number of, of rigs uh from the uh Tiny AMC Eagle with like a full-on four-wheel drive system that goes anywhere Mm -hmm. uh, with a Jeep up to having a huge Ram. I think it's a 2,500 uh, Ram with a uh, pop-up camper on it. And uh, we were down uh, in some trail gnarly trail in moab and i was using my f-250 that had a different setup than this but it was basically a a fiberglass topper with a rooftop tent on it and my friend kept saying oh i wouldn't take my ram here i wouldn't take my ram here i mean i'm in the same size pickup Mm -hmm. as he is and the main difference was that his camper's just too big and it's one of the smallest on the market it's a small Pop up camper, good quality one, but it's wider. Uh, it's wider than the truck. Mm. It's um, it's higher because the pop up is there, so it goes over the roof. It's just a couple of inch higher than what I built. Yeah. But he kept saying that, and during that trip, I met a lot of teardrop campers yeah. passing us on the road, and I I was looking at them. I said, "There's no standing room in there." And right. teardrops are highly popular. A lot of people. Yeah. don't mind not being able to stand up in a camper.
1: But they're a trailer.
3: They're a trailer, and And I've had a trailer, and I've hated the experience. Uh, It Uh, limits you quite a lot in where you can go and what you can do. So it wasn't for me. But I like the size. So basically, I built a teardrop-sized camper that I put on a truck. Instead of pulling it, I carry it. It's the same... Size as, a, as a, a a teardrop, but you don't have that trailer behind you, right. and it's also lighter than most of those. Yeah, because sure. a lot of the yep. teardrops are, are made with traditional methods of of
0: steel uh, frames sometimes, steel yeah.
3: frames or aluminum well, frames, and, 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 and you
1: got a whole other axle of weight. Oh yeah, totally. so you have an old and tires and the and tongue, else, so. yep.
3: And, yep. and very often the way they build. I built this uh, using um, techniques that are can take the, the, the flex. I basically went the way of if you if you don't if you want to fight the flex on a camper, you need to make it sturdier and heavier. So instead of taking that route, I built a camper that can take it mm. that can flex without it having any issues. So it's all right. I grade rivets. Uh, it's all uh, I grade adhesive. I've worked with uh, 3M to develop the proper mounting techniques. Um, the 3M at the uh, my parts and in in, in uh, labs in their labs to figure out how better to do this. Uh, the proper uh, type of adhesive primers and uh, installation techniques, and it's everything is designed to take the flex. So even if it flex, it doesn't matter. Right. Right. So it allows to make it way 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 lighter yeah, yeah. which is why we have an empty box at 350 yeah. pounds plus you put it on a flatbed and the flatbed is usually
1: lighter than the original bed. yeah
0: because it's all aluminum flatbed we yeah. forgot to mention it,
1: it, it, it the, the flatbed in comparison to the pickup back oh yeah
0: yeah uh, well um the best example is the tacoma when we remove the traditional bed that was on it and we install a flatbed we gain 120 pounds so it's definitely lighter it's and we can't even deal. compare on the f250 because we there's basically removed the box with a the lift
3: right. there's no way we would have removed the box by the two of us right <laughs> and we installed well, the, flat install the flatbed by the two yep. of us yeah. Yeah. Right? just by hand and i've got back problems and lifting yeah. weight. it's not He's a good right idea that. for me <laughs> and i wasn't, wasn't worrying about installing that flatbed <laughs> yeah. two of us like yeah. no problem lift it put it on that's it so if you want to take it off yourself and move it to another vehicle, it's pretty easy because you can drop the camper. So you remove most of the weight. Right. And then you can take the flatbed and just yeah. put it on the other truck. The main problem will come with removing the original box. Because yep. it might yeah. be exactly. very easy. You might need a few friends to do that. Yeah. Especially on the full size pickups. Yeah. You know, older ones with all steel and things like that. So it makes for a big change. Very cool. Any other question? Yeah.
2: Um, I can't think of something that I, I need to ask. You covered a lot. Um, I'm excited about the product. Uh, I'm excited about the future for your product. Oh, it yeah. looks like it's Thank very you. well thought out. Oh, yeah. Um, and with the configurations that you described, it just seems limitless the uh, amount of applications it could be used to. I'm even seeing applications beyond just overlanding um uh, vendors who are traveling events oh, yes. um i could think of medical uh, situations where uh, a secondary vehicle yeah i'm also envisioning it as um teams that are traveling together definitely having one is maybe the mess hall one being uh you know yeah. having individual duties yeah
3: yeah we basically i built this from the ground up so that it's possible to customize without us doing customization. For us, it's the same thing. Someone was asking the other day, uh, could I have uh, two sleepers instead of mm. a sleeper and cargo? I was like, sure, no problem. <laughs> for us, it changes nothing. It's actually cheaper because our huge cargo doors are pretty expensive. Right. Uh, and so uh, putting a window and, and a sleeper door is cheaper than those doors. So really? it would actually be cheaper for us. And I've got some ideas, uh, crazy ideas, because you could put this on something else than a pickup uh, because you need a flatbed. So any vehicle that has a flatbed, you could you could put one of those on a trailer if that's what you want. There was a guy here asking us, could Ooh. you pile
2: two campers on top of each other and put it on a trailer? <laughs> yeah, sure, it's sure. designed for that. So, and the, the way you have a design, it, it's still not gonna be that high. Right.
3: It's gonna be eight feet high. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And. We're working on a new version because we've had a lot of uh, requests for a camper on a Jeep Gladiator.
0: Yeah, really. Yeah. Mm. Um,
3: so um, for the Jeep Gladiator, I'm thinking of lowering the roof by a few inches, not make it 48. Um, remove that feature because I didn't mention it yet. But um, in the camper, one of the feature is that the mattress can is in three segments, so you can pile up and make a bench where you can sit. Yeah, and. Um, At the Overland Expo, there was a a guy that came to uh, visit the boot and he was a really big guy, like really tall football backliner kind of guy. And he was joking with his friend like, watch me, I'm going to climb in there and show everybody how small this thing is and not for me. And he went in there and it was in bench configuration. He sat in there and he was like, oh, I actually fit in here. (laughs) He was very surprised. So. Um, lowering the roof would yeah. remove that feature, but you still have a bed with hard walls. Contrary to a rooftop tents, where you cannot lay your back against anything, it becomes very hard to, I don't know if you've ever tried to watch Netflix in a tent, but it's it's kind of a joke. You, yeah. you end up having back problems. Or even dancing, read a book. Or even read yeah. a book. You end up lying on your side with your laptop yeah. turned sideways yeah. Yeah. and yeah. crazy fall things. asleep. So having a, a hard walls in every direction, you can put your back against it. So even if we end up making that version for the Jeep Gladiator, um, would probably make the roof a little bit less so that it's even more um, nimble for off road mm-hmm. and not put you any uh, um, make it less difficult to go around obstacles, especially in wooded area and right. things like that. We're from Quebec, so trails in Quebec, they have trees. Trees, yeah. Yeah, It's not the southwest of Moab, so <laughs> you need to think about what you're bringing in, camping in.
2: So I know one of your goals on this trip was to get some pretty pictures of the vehicle and some pretty yeah. places and stuff like that. Plus, you, you're also getting some more... Um, visibility. Visibility, but also you can still get an opportunity to test it a little bit. Oh, yes. Totally. Um, do you have any... Trips planned? Or are you uh, to take these uh, mules or defer- oh,
3: definitely? Um, well, uh, for one, uh, one of the units um, is probably being remade fully. Um, um, the the original one, the very first one we mm-hmm. built. Um, it will probably not be at Overland Expo West, which is the next phase of development and aiming the, the, the months from here to then we'll be involved in. Um, so the other unit will be in rental at um, Outdoor Elements out of uh, Fruta in uh, Colorado. It's going to be in rental. And I want to offer a uh, program where people can fly there, uh, rent the unit, Mm-hmm. go out, test it out, and if they mm-hmm. like it, we'll reimburse the cost of the rental. So- Oh,
2: wow, I like that.
3: Go out, test it, and- Use, use it. And use it. Yes. Figure it. out yeah. if you, cause there's no perfect setup. My my setup's not perfect. It, it does not fit everyone's need. Um, it's all, it's a long, every vehicle is a long list of compromises and you need a vehicle that fits the kind of trip you want to do and who you are and so i i stand behind my product but it might not fit everyone's need i mean there's no um inside showers there's no uh toilet so if that's important to you you're not getting it in this vehicle so i encourage people go out test it if you like it buy it and if not well maybe you have a friend who it fits to So, so
2: i would love everybody that Take advantage of that. I think it's an excellent idea. Mm-hmm. But everybody's not going to have that opportunity. Yeah, of course. How do we get more information about this? How do we, how do we talk to somebody knowledgeable about these vehicles if they have questions? Where do they reach out to you?
3: Uh, well, the uh, website is uh, wayoutbox.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, the easiest is uh, email through info at uh, wayoutbox.com. Um, or Instagram for pictures, uh, way out box, um, and call me or Alex and ask any question you want. We'll be open to answer every one of them.
2: Is there something, an ending you'd like to say to the audience?
3: Well, um. That question's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you put
1: me on the spot here.
2: I sure uh, did. <laughs> that's okay.
3: I
1: to say what I always say. Just get out and do it.
3: Yes, that, that's the main thing. Um, and um, figure out what you need. And like this event here, I was glad to be here and see all, all those new faces and people figuring it out. It's a great community. I'll, I have been in the Overland world for about 10 years now and there's no greater community i just love it it's my passion i do this uh, obviously i make i'm doing this to make money because yeah, it's a business it needs to be uh working mm-hmm. but i do that out of passion first and foremost and alex too is yes yeah. we do this because we like it we we
2: go we out really there and we it. do
3: stuff and this fits us very well and i'm certain it's going to fit a whole lot more people
2: alex i
0: think vince says most of all um yeah just feel free to contact us and if you want to go test it out well it's it's available i mean go ahead
3: here
1: we are way out <laughs> well, thanks guys you. thanks for thank uh, you very much it was for a pleasure us. With us and a- uh and hanging out with us all weekend so oh, yeah, yeah.
0: since awesome. a week actually i have
1: been over to that <laughs> we've been tagging along now for i don't know a week and a half so yeah it's been a fun fun really. time so, I had a whole lot of fun yeah, yeah. Thank so you guys very much
2: for having us you Thank know you. i cut to the chase these guys wouldn't be on the show if i didn't like the product so i'll just leave it at that if any nobody else has any else anything else to say you know what I'm going to say, stay safe, tread lightly, and hopefully I'll see you here or on a trail soon. You have been listening to Waypoint Overland's Random Waypoints. Like, subscribe, and stay tuned for more.